This is the shame. This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. Endless Mom Academy, episode 253. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode and any discount codes for our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 253. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. So first, before we get started, I want to share with you our Shameless Mom of the Week. And remember that Shameless Moms of the Week come from our reviews. So if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review for the show. And your review can be selected as a nomination for being Shameless Mom of the Week. So all you do is you pop in there to write your review and you let me know how the Shameless Mom Academy has made you a little more shameless. So this Shameless Mom of the Week is Oleander446. And she writes in her review, I just found your podcast in the last six months. Your episode about saying no and not feeling guilty was great for me. It is something I've always struggled with. I would always be doing things I didn't want to do or take time away from the things I want to. Most of your episodes, there's been at least one thing that I can relate to and take something away. My husband has been appreciative of me asking for help instead of resisting him for not doing more. I just downloaded your 15-minute manifest, and I can't wait to get started implementing that tomorrow morning. Thank you again so much. So I'm just so excited every time I get a review where I recognize that the Shameless Mom Academy has had a positive impact in your life or shifted your perspective in a way that something has improved in your life. 
That's a big gold star for me and for you, the listeners. So that brings me a ton of joy. So I love that even something simple like learning how to communicate more effectively with a partner so that you can get what you want and what you need without creating tension and angst and frustration and chaos and what have you. That's a big freaking deal. So I love that that is one of the things that has benefited Oleander 446. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave your review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And let's dive in with today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be here with you today. And I want to remind you about the challenge that I'm in the middle of doing that benefits you. So remember over in our private Facebook group, I am doing a 30 day challenge where I'm showing up on Facebook live every damn day to talk about a few different things. So this was presented to me as a challenge by someone else to show up in my Facebook group for 30 days in a row. And I'm doing it every single day, not always at the same time, but I'm showing up every day for a few minutes, sometimes more than a few minutes, just depending on how chatty I am and how much I have to share. But the things I'm covering, I'm talking about creating the confidence you crave, building better boundaries, and tuning in to tiny habits that can turn around your life. So it's been really fun, and I cannot wait to continue with it. And I want to make sure that you are there with me. So make sure you are popping in the Facebook group and make sure you set your notifications when you go into that Facebook group. I know most of you were in there. If you're not in the group, you can join at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. Make sure that you set your notifications when you go into the group. Up in the very top banner of the group, you can set notifications. So you want to go in and click on notifications and then click on all posts. And that means that you will get notifications every time there's a new post in there every time a new video goes up so that you can see it all. So you can get a little inspiration every day. I did tell everyone that because this challenge was sprung on me kind of last minute, that I'm not doing a ton of planning for it. I'm just showing up as is, which guarantees that it will be equal parts hilarity, impact, and magic. So I hope that it's living up to that for those of you following along. And I know that I'm really enjoying being there and having fun with it. So what I want to talk about today is productivity. This comes up all the time in anyone that I'm working with. And this has come up for years with people that I've worked with in different kinds of coaching environments. And especially for people looking for transformation, a lot of time productivity becomes a challenge and becomes an obstacle because it's real easy to waste time and it's real easy to get distracted and it's real easy to do things but not actually be productive. And I was actually recently listening to a podcast with Amy Porterfield and Brooke Castillo and Brooke Castillo talked about not working on things like quote unquote working on something and instead producing things. So she said like when someone says to me, I'm going to go work on this project, she's like, no, 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 I want to know what you're going to produce. So don't say I'm going to go work on my new website or I'm going to work on my podcast or I'm going to work on whatever. I'm going to work on cleaning out a closet. Just say like, what is the outcome going to be? What will the production be? I am going to clean this closet out. I am going to create the website. I am going to like record three episodes of the podcast. What is the production? That's the really important question because when we give ourselves the freedom to just quote unquote work on something, oftentimes we're not producing and oftentimes we're not actually accomplishing a goal or getting closer to a goal. We're just kind of giving ourselves permission to spin our wheels a little bit. And that little shift in verbiage is really, really important and really, really key. 
I will link to that episode interview on Amy Porterfield's podcast because it was a powerful interview. And I actually was walking my dog when I was listening to it. And I kept rewinding like little sound bites because I was like, oh, I need to hear that again. Like there were so many just phrases in there and things that really stuck with me. Brooke Castillo is an amazing life coach. So if you're someone who just loves like inspirational conversations or women motivating other women in life and business, which is probably pretty much all of us, you will probably find value in this. It will be particularly valuable for you if you are a woman, an entrepreneur running your own business, but it's definitely not specific to that by any means. It's really just about like being more of a badass every damn day. So I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about our content today. We are going to talk about six ways, six ways to be more productive, six tiny tweaks to be more productive in your day. And I want you to take some notes and I want you to make sure that you take action. So let's be conscientious of what I just said about working on something versus producing something. I want you to produce something as a result of listening to this podcast. Produce action out of this, okay? Don't just listen and think like, I'm going to get to that later. I want you to walk away and be like, this is the thing I'm implementing starting today or starting tomorrow. Okay, so your first tiny tweak to be more productive is setting timers. I use timers for all sorts of things. And I can tell you when I use a timer, I am exponentially more productive than when I don't. And so what I do in the morning, I'll use timers when I'm doing my 15 minute manifest. And so I'll set a timer for my journaling. I'll set a timer for my reading, for my mental prep, for my mindset prep. I set timers for those things because then I'm dedicated to being focused during that time. If I set a five minute timer for reading, I'm not going to go check Facebook during that five minutes of time. If I just sit down on the couch and think, I'm just going to read for a little bit, then I 100% will like pick up my phone and start doing other things. So when I set a timer, I'm acutely aware of being dedicated to the task at hand and actually getting something done. The other thing about setting timers when you're trying to be productive is that you will blow yourself away with how much you can get done in a short amount of time. And so I know for me, if I set a 20 minute timer between, you know, especially at the end of the day, right before I need to go pick up Vinny from school, if I set a 20 minute timer, I can get like 17 tasks done. I can get so many things done thinking like, okay, 20 minutes go. And it's amazing to me how much I get done. And it's often in that last hour of the day, how much I get done in that last hour of the day, because I'm up against that timeline. It's kind of a natural deadline for me. And we'll talk about deadlines more in a minute, but it's almost like a natural deadline for me to get something done when I know I have to pick Vinny up by a certain time. So use that framework in other times of your day. I know that there's times where I will say like, okay, I'm not going to go eat lunch until I do like 20 minutes of solid work on something. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. I'm going to do email for 10 minutes and see how much I get done. I do this when I'm really overwhelmed by my inbox. And I think I'm going to do 10 minutes of email and just see what I can get done. Oh my gosh, I'm always blown away by how many emails I can reply to when I just give myself 10 minutes. Along those lines, one of my former business coaches and one of my mentors for many, many years, who I still really value his input, Craig Ballantyne talks about email. And he talks about, I think he gives himself 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon to do email. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And when he does this, he goes in and he just does like the most important emails. And so every day there's emails that don't get answered and they don't get replied to, but he does the most important ones, 20 minutes, sets a timer, does them. And then the other ones he eventually gets to over time or he doesn't. And sometimes he's able to filter out that like not everything needs a reply. So he only responds to the most urgent necessary things. And he does that by setting 20 minute timers to get into email. So when he goes and checks his inbox, he's not just like, I'm going to go see what's going on in my inbox and see what I need to respond to. I'm not hanging out here. He's like, I got 20 minutes. I'm going to get to work. I'm going to get focused. I'm going to get it done. And then I'm going to move on. And for him, that's a really productive way for him to manage email. You will be blown away by how you manage email more efficiently and effectively if you set those kinds of timers on yourself. If you are just getting in and out of email randomly throughout the day without setting parameters around it, you will spend way more time there and way less time being productive in other ways. So timers can be so valuable. The other thing about timers is with kind of like menial tasks, like folding laundry and doing dishes, You'll be surprised by how quickly you can get things done if you time yourself. So I talked about this recently in an episode talking about how I used to get really annoyed about empty, with emptying the dishwasher. But then when I realized I can literally do the whole thing in like two minutes if no one's in my way, I was like, oh, like it's not that big of a deal to empty the dishwasher. It's two minutes. It's not that big of a deal. But in my mind, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I don't have time to empty the dishwasher. It's like 20 minutes. No, it's literally a two minute task. So sometimes when we set a timer and time something, we're surprised by, oh, this thing that is annoying to me, I thought took up a lot of time and it actually doesn't. So I should just knock it out really quick. So now when the dishwasher is full and it needs to be emptied, a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'll just do it really quick before I jump in the shower rather than like waiting till dinner time when I'm going to be hungry and tired and cranky. I just knock it out before I get in the shower because I'm like, oh, I have two minutes right now. I can do it. 
rather than putting it off thinking like, oh, it's going to take too long and I'll just do it later in the day. I know that my energy for emptying the dishwasher at six o'clock is like way lower than at 745 in the morning. So I'm really conscientious of how quickly I can get it done so that I just do it then. Another tiny tweak to be more productive, frame your days, your weeks, and your months. So this is a really important one. And we've talked about this a lot with the 15-minute manifest. So if you don't have the 15-minute manifest, that is a morning routine that will completely change how you frame your day. So you can get that for free by going to shamelessmom.com slash 15mm. That's shamelessmom.com forward slash 15mm for 15-minute manifest. And that framework is going to give you a 15-minute protocol to follow in the morning to frame your day. And it's going to actually help you set up your day so that you are really acutely aware of how you want to feel during the day, of what you want to accomplish during the day, how you want to be productive, and get you in a really positive mindset. So using these different habits to frame your day is going to be really, really powerful. So look at how you frame your life on a daily basis, like kicking it off with a morning routine that fuels you. Maybe looking at other specified productivity times in your day. Are there other times where you're really productive or where you get the most done? I know when Vinny took two naps, I always use one of those naps to get things done. And I use one of those naps to relax and eat lunch. And so usually the morning nap, it was like, okay, I usually have like an hour and a half. How much can I get done in that amount of time? And that was really highly productive time for me. And then in the afternoon, I was like, I'm just going to like eat some lunch and chill out and watch some Real Housewives. <laughs> but I felt like I had earned that because I'd been really productive in that morning time. So know when your best productivity is and know how you can capitalize on that. If you know, like if you have a child or kids going to school, just in the morning for preschool hours, how can you make that your most productive time? I know some people use that time for grocery shopping and running errands or maybe getting in a workout. That might not be your most productive use of that time. And I've had moms say to me, like, I've had to move things. Like, I specifically don't do errands during that time or I don't do my workout during that time because I want to sit and work on my business during that time or I want to sit and work toward a specific goal. Now, the workout might be the specific goal for you. For some people, that is absolutely the specific goal and that's fine. Just be aware of if you have limited time frames and time periods, what is the top goal for you? And what is the top thing you want to accomplish during those times? And be really aware of you know what that means for you relative to your own personal goals. And that's going to look different for different people. On a weekly basis, how are you framing your week? So I've talked a lot in the past about framing your week when it comes to meals, like doing your grocery shopping on a Sunday and doing as much meal prep as you can on Sunday so that you're not making individual meals all week long. I'm particularly good at this in the winter because I use my crock pot. I have two crock pots. I'm going to get an Instant Pot this year because... I'm missing out. I totally know I'm missing out, but we have two crockpots that I use. And I often, most weekends, will prepare meals in both of them. So I have a bunch of food for the week so that I'm not having to make individual meals all week long. That for me is a way for me to batch my productivity when it comes to meal prep. And that saves a ton of time. I also try to only do one grocery shopping trip. I'm a little picky about my grocery shopping. There's two stores I like to go to. So I go to Trader Joe's once a week. I go to Fred Meyer once a week. And I try to be strategic about doing that, not on a Saturday or Sunday, because that's when it's the most crowded and takes the most time. So I do my best to do those during non-peak hours because I have the flexibility to do that given my work schedule. So then weekend time is often not grocery time for me, but it can be meal prep time for me. Also looking at laundry. When is it most productive for you to do laundry? Is it productive for you to do laundry like as needed three days a week? Or is it more productive for you 
again, as I've talked about in the past, for me, like buy Vinny seven t-shirts, seven pairs of shorts and do laundry once a week. So looking at how are you framing your week with these different habits that you need to figure out and have like set up for your family life looking at how you frame your months. So what do you need to do on a monthly basis? I actually recently created a checklist on my whiteboard of things that I need to do on a monthly basis. And it was things that are all date sensitive that I tended to forget if I wasn't careful. And so it was like paying the mortgage for our rental house and paying certain credit cards. And there was like these certain specific things, also things like my payroll for my business and my federal taxes and my state taxes that have to be paid monthly. There's like all these different little pieces and they all have different dates. And they were things that like, I often tried to just do them all at the beginning of the month, but if I didn't do them all at once and I would forget one of them and it just was like, it started becoming really cumbersome. So I made myself a checklist so that every week I can look, I have a weekly checklist and a monthly checklist. So my monthly checklist has these like certain specific bill things that for this time, for various reasons, can't put on auto pay. And so I have them on a checklist. So every week I check that list to be like, okay, what are the things I need to do this week? And I get them done as soon as possible in the month. And so I try to get them all done by the second week of the month. And then I don't have to think about them again until the next month. Your things for the month might be like going to Costco. You know, maybe you go to Costco once a month. Could you do that always in the first week of the month? So then you don't have to think about it again. I know for us, I try to make sure that we get to church, Vinny and I, Vinny and I are the church goers of the family <laughs> so that we can get our in-parish tuition. <laughs> and I try to make sure we go to church once a month. So like when those things. Can you frame those things out and make sure they happen? Maybe date night is something that you're looking to get in once or twice a month. Get that framed in there. Does that happen on the first and third Friday of the month? When does that happen? Get it framed in so it's just part of the framework that happens automatically in a routine sort of way. All right. So number three, your third tiny tweak to be more productive is going to be making lists. Now, there's an important thing we need to use to distinguish here, the difference between goal-oriented action and tasks. So I want you to have multiple lists for productivity because in the morning, when I talk about the 15 minute manifest and the things you want to accomplish every day, I don't want the things that you're going to accomplish every day to be things like doing the laundry. Your list of accomplishments every day as part of the 15 minute manifest should very clearly be things that take you closer to a very specific goal, whether it's a family goal, a professional goal, a personal goal, a self-care goal, a financial goal, a spiritual goal, but it needs to be specific to a goal. So generally that's not things like check email, do laundry, take out the trash, go to Costco. Like it's not those kinds of things. So your goal-oriented action, that's going to be one list where you are doing specific action on a daily basis to get you closer to a goal. You also might have a task list, which would look more like a traditional to-do list. And so with a task list, that's going to be the stuff like make the lunch, change the beds, you know, do the laundry, pick up the dry cleaning, those kinds of things. That's going to be your task list. And those are going to be lower priority items. But if you need to have them still organized in a way so that like they can get out of your head, have that task list in addition to what you want to accomplish in a day. And I've actually been using, and I have to thank Xenia, one of our shameless moms, she gave me this great resource, the Panda Planner. And I've actually moved a lot of my 15 minute manifest into that Panda Planner because there's room in there to have your task list 
versus your list of things you want to accomplish that are goal oriented. And then you can also put in like your wins from the day before and your how you want to feel today and your gratitude. And so the Panda Planner is a great resource for that. If this is not an ad or anything, I just happen to have just gotten it and I really like it. And I know that those of you who are already using it really liked it. And so thank you, Xenia, for pointing it out. I know a handful of you have gotten them. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. You can just get one over on Amazon. So I'll make sure that that's linked up if you guys want to check that out. But that's a great place to keep your list if you want like a little notebook to keep track of things in. So making lists can be really helpful and really productive. And in terms of just getting things out of your head and onto paper, just make sure that you're distinguishing between things that are like goal-oriented lists versus task-oriented lists. Super important. Number four is your fourth tiny tweak to be more productive is enlisting help. Now I'm going to give a suggestion of using your kids for this. And in some cases that makes you less productive. (laughs) So I know that there was a time like when Vinny wanted to help me unload the dishwasher and he could barely reach the silverware drawer. And when he wanted to help me, it actually slowed me down. Now he's to the point that he can unload the silverware thing and it actually does help me and he can go pretty fast. And when we do laundry, when I do his laundry in particular, I fold up his stuff and he goes and he puts it in the drawers. And it's literally like I fold piles and he runs them back and forth. And it's really great teamwork and it keeps him engaged. It helps him be responsible. It helps him learn how to do certain tasks. So he's at an age now at five and a half, almost six, where he can really be engaged in some of these parts of this, you know, daily productivity and it actually can be helpful. And so where it can be helpful, let other people take the reins. Like, let your kids start doing their own laundry. I was actually just thinking the other day, I can't wait for Vinny to start doing his own laundry because he's very specific about what he wants to wear. And he wants me to be doing laundry very frequently so he can have these few items clean all the time, which I refuse to do because he has plenty of clothes. And so I don't need to be doing laundry every two or three days because he has more than seven outfits per week. So I don't need to be doing laundry nearly as frequently as he would like me to be doing laundry. And so My thought is that he needs to just start doing his own laundry like as soon as he can see over the edge of the washer and dryer and get it done himself to get the soap in and all those things. So enlisting help, there's no reason other people in your household cannot be helping you with chores and tasks and have really clear delineation about like who does what and keeping it systematized. So I want to say, which I meant to mention earlier, With keeping things systematized and routinized, keeping routines, is routinized a word? I don't know. (laughs) So with keeping things in routine, I've gotten feedback before from people who say, I don't really like routines and I don't really like systems. And there's definitely personality types where like, that's just not your jam. So here's the thing. Test it and experiment and see what works better for you. Like, does it work better for you to have a system, to have a routine, to have things be predictable? And does it work better for your family to have things in a routine and in a system? Because if everyone is a little more calm and cool and collected because certain systems are in place, it might be worth it even if that's not your natural tendency. And so this goes along the lines of like getting up early in the morning even. Like there's a million people would say like, I'm not a morning person. I'm not gonna get up at 5 a.m. to work out. I totally get that. That said, if it makes the rest of your day function better because you work out at 5 a.m., it might be worth doing it. So my suggestion for people who say like, I'm not good with structure and I don't like a lot of routine and I don't like to schedule everything. I get that. I understand that it's different for everyone, but I also encourage you to try it and try and get what I call data collection. So try it out and collect data to see, 
hmm, when we have these routines in place, here's what happens. Here's how things shift in the household. Here's how things shift from an energy standpoint. Here's how things shift in terms of like the kids responding to things. And you might find that it's hard for you to have routines and systems. That's not in your nature, but your kids might really thrive in that. Your kids might really thrive from things being predictable. Generally speaking, kids do thrive in structure and in knowing what's coming next and in knowing what they can predict. So even if it's not in line with your personality, look for how implementing a few things might kind of be for the greater good and might really impact everyone's well-being and really make it worth it, even if it's not really something that you've, if you haven't really clung to routines in the past. I think that piece is really important. The other part of enlisting help and getting the family involved is in addition to outsourcing within the family, you might also want to look at trading or hiring or just a division of tasks. And so I know like when my husband and I first moved in together, I remember he had the job of taking out the garbage and I had the job of emptying the dishwasher. And then we got a dog and I was like, I will do any chore if you clean up the poop. (laughs) So we kind of had, before even having Vinny, we had this division of labor of like, here's the tasks that we hate and here's how we're going to divide them up. And so, and I don't remember what I had to do. I'm not sure what I took on for him to clean up the poop, but he has always been the pooper scooper. We've actually stuck with a lot of those things that we had in place from before we had Vinny, where we've kind of kept some of our routines up, which it's helpful to know, like this is on someone else's plate and not to take it all on yourself. If you opt to take it all on yourself, then you don't reserve the right to be bitter and cranky about it because you've opted to do that. So if you want to be the martyr, cool, be the martyr. But remember, if you're the martyr, you don't get to whine about it because you've chosen to be the martyr. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. 
Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Being the martyr is often not the wisest choice, just an FYI. So decide who can do what, divide it up, make it fair, make everyone feel like they're winning, ask everyone's input and feedback and what everyone feels good about, and then proceed from there. You can also look at trading. So there might be things that you're doing right now that you really hate that someone else in your household wouldn't mind doing. And so maybe, I mean, like Vinny thinks it's super fun to put his laundry away. I don't know why, but I can't stand it. I actually don't mind the folding as much as like the running around to drawers and closets. So that's how we've done trading. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not so much a trade as much as a division, but I'm like, I'm going to do this folding. I'll put a pile here. You run it and put it in your drawer. And he could like run and put things in his drawers all day long. So look at where you can trade off and have like one person do one task while another person does another task. Okay. Number five, our fifth tiny tweak to be more productive, set deadlines and say them out loud. So this is a tricky one because when you say things out loud, it makes you more accountable. And sometimes people don't want to be that accountable, but I'm going to challenge you to set deadlines and say things out loud. And so I've actually had to do this for quite a while with coaching because I've had so much business coaching and it's all been about like saying things out loud and saying what you're going to do. But even recently with this 30 day challenge of being on Facebook live every day, I could have just started showing up every day and not told you what I was doing probably no one would have said anything. But when I decided I was going to do it, I was like, I have to tell you all that I'm going to be here for 30 days in a row in this Facebook group live. Because if I tell you all that, I'm way more likely to show up. When I decided to run the only marathon I've done, I've done a lot of half marathons, but I've only done one full marathon. And when I decided to run that full marathon, I immediately started telling people right away that I was training for it. Because I knew if I told people I was training for a marathon, I was way more likely to complete the training and get to that start line. And I knew that if I didn't tell anyone and I kept it a secret, I would probably get to, you know, 12 or 14 in my training and be like, yeah, this is kind of hard. So maybe I'll just do it next year. And so I knew I had to tell people so that I would actually follow through. So now whenever I have big, scary goals, I tell people about them. I often tell my business coaches or I'll tell my husband, or I will talk about my goals. You all hear me talk about wanting to buy a lake house. Like that is putting it out there. I want to buy a lake house. And so I talk about it and I say it out loud because the more I say it out loud, the more people hear it, the more likely it is to happen. So I think it's really important that you are saying these things out loud, whether it's something small, like I want to exercise three days this week, or it's something big, like I want to run a marathon, or I want to go for a promotion, or I'm going to go in and ask my boss for a raise. I love the post we had recently in the Shameless Mom private Facebook group from someone who had had a conversation about getting a raise with her boss. And she was offered a particular raise. And she was like, no, actually, I think I deserve way more than that, given how much slack I've picked up around here recently. And no one's really acknowledged it. And here's what I actually want. First of all, she was accountable in that conversation with her bosses. And then she came into our Facebook group and told us about the conversation. And I was like, this is amazing. And now you need to tell us how this plays out. Like, here's another layer of accountability. Because that conversation with her bosses was left a little open-ended where they were like, we're going to think about it and get back to you. And I was like, okay, like, here's the next level of accountability. When this is all said and done, I want you to come back and let us know what happened. Because that's going to push you to continue to be an advocate for yourself. So I love that example 
of coming in and sharing, like, this is what I'm going for right now. This is super uncomfortable. I feel really nervous, but here's what I'm doing. That's how you get what you want. So when you have a deadline or a goal, you have to say it out loud. And if you want something to get done in a certain time frame, you need people to know that. I started a new business coaching group in May. And when I signed up in that group, I was very specific when I started that group about what I wanted to have happen over the course of the next year and what I would need to have happen in that group for me to consider this year with this group a success. And that included specific numbers and specific details about where I want my business to be, where I want my life to be, how many hours I want to be working, what I want to accomplish in my work in terms of things I want to produce and create. So those details are all really, really important. And now I have a deadline of May 1st, 2019 to do all these things. I will tell you, makes my stomach hurt a little bit, but that means it's right because if equal parts excitement and nervousness, it means it's the right thing. And that's definitely what I'm feeling about the things I want to accomplish by May of 2019. All right. And then number six, the sixth tiny tweak to be more productive is, this is going to be the toughest one for most of you. So I saved it for last. So that would be the thing that lasts, that has the most lasting impact. Let your phone serve you, not others. Your phone is a tool for your convenience, not for others' convenience. So use your phone to create convenience for you. Use it for the timers. Use it to check the weather. Use it to reach out to people you want to connect with. Use it to make notes. Use it to record messages. Use it to, I've been using Voxer a little bit, like use it to send people walkie-talkie messages on Voxer. Use it in a way that serves you. But that doesn't mean that your phone is a tool for others to have constant access to you or get immediate responses from you. So be very aware of how easy it is for people to access you through your phone. On my phone, my email app is three swipes to the right. It is not on my home screen. My email app does not get any notifications, so I can never see when I have new email. I do not get any vibration notifications on my phone. So if someone texts me and my phone is face down, I do not know that. It makes my husband insane, but I also do not want my phone buzzing all the time because if I am a very reactive person, so if my phone buzzes, I will check it. My husband, on the other hand, he's not reactive. His phone can be right next to him and buzz 47 times and he won't look at it which also when we're watching TV, I'm like, dude, don't you want to know what's going on? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm dying to know what his notifications are. So you have to know thyself. I don't do well with notifications. So therefore I'm really careful at managing them. So I don't get any vibration notifications on my phone. The notifications that I get that come up, pop up onto my screen are very limited. Basically like texts will pop up and Facebook messenger messages will pop up. My husband gets like a notification if someone follows him on Twitter. He gets a ton of news notifications. He gets notifications if someone sends like a message through Instagram. He gets no so many notifications, but again, he can ignore them all. So he doesn't care. He's like, oh, whatever. And for part, he develops news apps as part of his job. So he needs to be like engaged in news apps to see like what other people are doing. So I get some of that. But I'm like, this would make me crazy. Like I would be just spend my whole life responding to my phone. So I know from my personality, I need to have very few notifications and no buzzing of the phone ever. So if I'm expecting something important, I will turn my ringer on. 
Otherwise, ringers off in my phone as much as possible is face down during the day, especially if I'm recording something. The phone is face down. If I'm recording a solo interview, I put it face down. If I'm recording an interview with another person, I put it in airplane mode. I even had a colleague of mine a few years ago say that she would put her phone in airplane mode the entire time she was at the office. She was a gym owner in Wisconsin, I think, but a gym owner somewhere in the Midwest, far away from me. And she would like walk into work in the morning and put her phone on airplane mode. Because as long as she was in the gym that she owned, she could get notifications through the gym's notification, through their phone system there and their computer system there. So she didn't need to be available by phone. Anyone could reach her right there. Therefore, she wasn't distracted by like social media things and people texting and what have you. And her family could get a hold of her through the phone gym. So if something went wrong at her kid's school, they had the main gym number to call her. They weren't planning on getting a hold of her through her cell phone. So using that airplane mode, again, let your phone serve you. Your phone is not a device for you to serve others. Your phone is a device to serve you to make your life more convenient. So how can you use your phone differently so that it actually makes your life more convenient and more productive versus the other way around, where it's constantly distracting you from productivity and impeding on your ability to get things done, okay? So let's do a quick review. Six tiny tweaks to be more productive. Set timers, frame your days, your weeks, and your months. Make lists and distinguish between goal-oriented action and tasks. Enlist help with your family or people outside your family as well. Set deadlines and say them out loud. And let your phone serve you, not others. Good stuff, right? So we'll continue this conversation on Facebook in our Facebook group. So you can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook because we'll definitely, I'll definitely have some Facebook live conversation about this this week. And I cannot wait to connect with you there and cannot wait to hear what resonated with you. So I will see you over there for a little more chat about this very soon. I don't think you understand how much everyone looks up to you You never fail to go out of your way whenever somebody needs your help Oh, Your garden and roses are as beautiful as you You bring the life right out the ground and everything you do Oh, you're everything that I wish I could be. No, it's true. And it shows in the love you share and the life you lead. There's no end to all you do and how much we adore you. Oh 
Mama, are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.